48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The government invites pan-Democrats to a meeting as it battles fallout over its controversial plan to lift the eligibility age for elderly welfare. The Secretary for Transport says he's still hoping lawmakers will back the plan to adjust tunnel tolls when it's put to a non-binding vote tomorrow. A warning to the SAR's big businesses that hackers are likely to step up cyber attacks. And more than 100 former diplomats and academics, including Hong Kong's last governor, Chris Patton, urge Beijing to release two Canadians accused of spying. The acting chief executive, Matthew Chung, says he's invited pan-democratic lawmakers to a meeting on Thursday to discuss the controversial decision to lift the eligibility age for elderly welfare to 65 from 60. The invitation comes after the chief executive, Carrie Lam, angered pan-democrats with her comments after they were excluded from a meeting to discuss a new subsidy for elderly welfare recipients. Mr Chung stressed that the government isn't trying to punish the elderly, but to help them into the workforce. I really wish the pandemicers um, to respond positively to my invitation uh, to meet uh, this Thursday afternoon. Uh, I'm, I'm really very sincere in my invitation. We want a face-to-face dialogue. Uh, I know all misunderstanding and uh, so that we can take the matter forward. The controversial change takes effect next week on February 1st. And the acting chief executive has also said congestion has reduced near the new central Wan Chai bypass after authorities improved signage overnight. A day earlier, drivers complained of confusion over the road signs and critics said this added to congestion. Speaking before the weekly Executive Council meeting, Mr Chung said the government is doing its best to complete works to link the bypass to the Rumsey Street flyover so the link can open fully. I would use the word teething problems uh, on the first day. Uh, things have already been, been improving. In fact, overnight, transport department colleagues have been doing their very best to erect directional signs, signboards and also display more information spontaneously on, on, on the various screens in the very important so-called vantage points facilitating motorists. I'm sure that given time and also with the completion in a month's time of the access road, the link road between Ramsey Street and also the, the access road itself, the bypass itself, the situation will further improve. The Secretary for Transport, Frank Chan, said he hopes the government will get the backing of lawmakers for its plan to level out harbour tunnel tolls when it's put to a vote in LegCo tomorrow. But he admits that support for the proposal is weak. We are making every endeavour to uh, persuade or gain the support of our friends in the legislature. Uh, we fully appreciate that we are facing an uphill battle to get the motion passed. But at the same time, if the motion is good for Hong Kong in terms of economic, societal and uh, environmental development uh, in the longer term, there's every reason for us to continue making our best effort to convince them. Mr Chan earlier told a radio programme that even if the toll scheme is voted down and Hong Kong chooses to deal with the issue in 2023 after the Western Harbour Tunnel franchise expires, the adjustments would be similar to the current proposal, which he said is based on scientific research. The Hong Kong Productivity Council expects cybercriminals to intensify attacks on large organisations in the coming year to gain access to customers' personal data. The council says this is despite a growing awareness of the risk, along with high-profile examples last year of data breaches involving airlines, financial organisations and travel agencies. Wilson Wong is the council's general manager of information technology. I think the challenge is uh, the technology change quite uh, fast. Even though you, for example, every system is software, uh, even though you have a perfect system now, 
But maybe next year you will have a lot of problem because the technology is keep on evolving. So that's why uh, even though you have a good uh, security now, then uh, you have to keep track the technology, make sure the technology is not behind. The Court of Appeal has rejected former lawmaker Leung Kwok Hung's application to ask the top court to consider whether cutting male prisoners' hair constitutes sex discrimination. Mr Leung, also known as Long Hair for his iconic locks, had his hair cut short in 2014 when he served a jail sentence over a protest. He then filed a judicial review noting that there's no similar requirement for female inmates and won. But the appeal court overturned the ruling. Today, it also rejected Mr. Leung's request to take the court the case to the court of final appeal, saying the issue lacks great general or public importance. Mr. Leung said he'll apply for leave directly at the top court. It's full of uh, nonsense, full of illogical argument. Because I, I think simply they they ignore that the right of a particular that means the right of all. If you can deny the right of a particular, that means you can deny. The right of all. A group of more than 400, I'm sorry, a group of more than 100 former diplomats and academics, including former Hong Kong Governor Chris Patton, have signed an open letter to President Xi Jinping calling for the release of two Canadians who were accused of spying. Tom McAlinden has more. Michael Kovrig, a former diplomat, and Michael Spavor, a businessman, were arrested on December the 10th for activities that endanger China's security, a phrase Beijing uses when alleging espionage. Their detention seen as retaliation for Canada's arrest earlier in the month of Huawei's chief financial officer Meng Wanzhou. Ms Meng was detained at the request of US officials who accused her of fraud linked to violations of Iran's sanctions. The letter had 143 signatories from 19 countries, including Hong Kong's last governor, Chris Patton. It said Mr Kovrig and Mr Spavel worked to improve understanding of China and to promote better relations with the world. The letter said their detention sends a message that this kind of constructive work is unwelcome and even risky in China. Sino-Canadian relations have soured over the matter and last week a mainland court sentenced a Canadian man to death for drug trafficking following a retrial, a drastic increase of his previous 15-year prison sentence. The British Prime Minister, Theresa May, has gone back to Parliament nearly a week after her record Brexit defeat to promise more consultations but no radical change of direction. She said the way to prevent Britain leaving the EU in March without a deal was for Parliament to back the withdrawal agreement. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Blake. Soon after the Prime Minister spoke, MPs began coming forward with proposals in the form of amendments to the government's revised Brexit plan to try to build a consensus in Parliament. Labour's official amendment calls for MPs to be given the chance to vote on options, including the party's preferred outcome of the UK staying in a permanent customs union with the EU and whether the public should be given a say on any agreed outcome in a further referendum. Others put forward include the Labour MP Higivet Cooper's attempt to delay the UK's departure from the EU if the government can't get a deal through Parliament by the end of February. Here's Mrs May setting out her position in Parliament. Whilst I will disappoint those colleagues that hope to secure a second referendum, I do not believe that there is a majority in this House for such a path. And whilst I want to deliver a deal with the EU, I cannot support the only other way in which to take no deal off the table, which is to revoke Article 50. So my focus continues to be on what is needed to secure the support of this House in favour of a Brexit deal with the EU. France has complained to Italy after the Italian Deputy Prime Minister Luigi Di Meo accused the French of exploiting what he called African colonies to finance the national debt. Mr Di Meo said if it wasn't for Africa, France would rank 15th among world economies, not in the top six. 
I am tired of talking about the effects of migration. I want to start tackling the causes. And the causes are the lack of development of African countries. Because instead of helping them in Africa, we must leave them in peace at home and stay at home ourselves. And when I say we, I talk about those European states like France that during these years have had benefits from exports of raw materials by printing a currency for 14 African states. France has fined Google 57 million US dollars for breaching new European Union laws on data and consent. It's the biggest penalty so far for breaking the new law. Here's the BBC's Mike Sanders. The French data watchdog is the first in Europe to use new EU regulations to go after one of the digital giants. It conceded that Google does inform users about what will be done with their personal data, but nowhere near clearly enough. It says it takes up to five clicks to get to the relevant information. That deprives clients of any meaningful assurance that they won't inadvertently be revealing vast amounts about their private life. The complaint was brought by two groups who object to targeted advertising. They say more cases will follow. Google may appeal. The accordionist who accompanied some of the French-speaking world's greatest singers has died at the age of 91. The BBC's Roger Walker reflects on his career. Marcel Azola, who was born of Italian parents in Paris, won his first accordion competition in the late 1930s. At first, he concentrated on classical music, but he turned to popular French song to become accordionist of choice for legendary French artists, including Edith Piaf and Yves Montand. But he'll be best remembered for his partnership with the Belgian singer Jacques Brel. Perhaps their best-known collaboration was the song Vesoul. When, said Azoula, Brel told him to play loud, even if Brel himself was drowned out. Researchers warn the world is on course to miss its best chance of preventing runaway climate change by ensuring greenhouse gas emissions peak next year. The World Resources Institute showed efforts to limit temperature increases are falling well short. Last year, experts identified milestones that must be met by 2020 if there's any chance of meeting the Paris climate goal of limiting global temperature rises to 1.5 degrees Celsius. These include phasing out fossil fuels and halting new coal power plant construction within two years, as well as how goods and services are distributed worldwide. The state economic planner has warned that downward pressure on the economy will hit the job market, but it's added that no massive layoffs are expected just yet. This comes just a day after data showed the country had its slowest annual economic growth since 1990. The National Development and Reform Commission says the overall job market was stable but faces new changes, calling the external environment complex and austere. Some factories in Guangdong have shut earlier than usual ahead of the Lunar New Year holiday as new business dwindles. Finance now and currencies. The US dollar is trading at 109.43 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 10 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,913. That's 280 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $47 billion. Now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. Defending champions Australia are through to the quarterfinals of football's Asian Cup. They needed penalties to get past Uzbekistan in their last 16 match. The hosts UAE and Japan have also progressed. The BBC's Manny Jasmine has details. 
The day started with a sleepy match between two of Asia's biggest teams but played in front of a near-silent crowd. A poor Japanese side won it with a Tagihiro Tomoyasu header in the first half. It was also tight between Australia and Uzbekistan. They finished goalless after extra time, but Australia won it on penalties thanks to two saves by Matty Ryan. But the best was definitely saved till last in Abu Dhabi as the hosts finally overcame Kyrgyzstan in a five-goal thriller after extra time. But the Kyrgyz side hit the bar with 10 seconds to go. So the UAE are through. They'll face the holders Australia in the quarterfinals, while Japan will take on Vietnam. The last two quarterfinal matches will be played tonight. South Korea, seeking their first Asian Cup title since 1960, take on Bahrain. Three-time winners Iran face Qatar. The English Premier League's bottom side Huddersfield Town have hired a new manager. He's the Borussia Dortmund reserve team coach Jan Seward. He succeeds David Wagner, who left the club by mutual consent last week. Seward signed a deal that will take him until 2021. Huddersfield occupied the Premier League basement, 10 points from safety. The BBC's Simon Stone has more. He's someone that they've been monitoring for quite a long time. They said they spoke to him two years ago. They first noted him when he was coach of the Buckham under-19s team. And clearly they have been preparing for the day when David Wagner would leave them. And they've done their due diligence on this guy. So it, it appears as though it's an easy fit. We, you know, we went for Dortmund's um, second team coach last time and it worked. So we'll go for him now. But there's a lot more to him than that and a lot more to the pursuit than that. And in terms of Seward himself, he obviously sees the similarity, but he's also stressed that he's his own man. He'll come in with his own ideas and hopefully, for Huddersfield, take the club forward. In Italy, Syria, Cristiano Ronaldo missed a penalty, but Juventus still cruised to a 3-0 win over Chievo, with goals from Douglas Costa, Amra Chan and Daniela Rugani. The win restores Juve's nine-point lead over second-place Napoli. AC Milan beat Genoa 2-0 to move back into fourth place, a point above Roma and six behind Inter. Gonzalo Higuain was missing from the Milan lineup as talks continue about a possible move to Chelsea. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. The government invites pan-Democrats to a meeting as it battles fallout over its controversial plan to lift the eligibility age for elderly welfare. The Secretary for Transport says he's still hoping lawmakers will back the plan to adjust tunnel tolls when it's put to a vote tomorrow. And a warning to the SAR's big businesses that hackers are likely to step up their cyber attacks on corporates in the next year. The news from RTHK. Come and give it to me Cause I could tell by the way that you move That you're the one who could give it to me Yeah So come on let's move through the crowd So we can find ourselves some privacy And when 
Too young. 